Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead, make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, 89.3. Commence primary ignition. I reviewed The Flight Attendant when it was released, and I thought it wasn't that bad. This was some time ago. It wasn't fantastic, but it was watchable. It's based on a book, and it was quite promising for one season. It painted a bad picture of a flight attendant who was an alcoholic and slept around with good-looking passengers. It stars Kaylee Cuoco as Casey. You've probably seen her as the blonde bombshell in The Big Bang Theory, and you would agree with me that she is quite sexy. In the first season, she wakes up in a hotel room with a dead man lying in bed, all bloodied, and she has no memory of what happened. So now we, the audience, want to know what happened, and so does she. So there's a lot of flashbacks as she tries to figure out in whatever little memory she has. And that's difficult to do, especially when your brain cells die because of alcohol overconsumption. The plot was interesting. And when the season ended, I thought it was not too bad. How should I put it? It was time well wasted, which is kind of a good thing. Now, there's a second season of A Flight Attendant, and here's what I like and dislike about it. Kaylee Kuko reprises her role, but she's a recovering alcoholic. In the first season, she was an alcoholic, but now she's recovering. So that is good because it feels like a sequel. She attends AA. Her best friend in the series, played by Zosia Mamet, reprises her role as well. In the first season, Casey goes back and forth in her mind and has conversations with this guy that was found murdered in bed. It's not like an alternate reality, but it's more like talking to the guy's spirit, which reminds me of a werewolf movie which I watched in the 80s. And I love that movie. It's called An American Werewolf in London. I'm sure you heard about that. Now, in the second season, uh, there's no dead body lying next to her in any hotel room, but she witnesses a murder. Now, I won't tell you who this person is, as it might just spoil it for you if you haven't watched the series yet. She does go into her mind to another place, just like in the first season, because that's how her mind works. But this time, she's not talking to the person who got murdered, as the person doesn't know her well enough like the one in the first series. So there's no intimate connection. So who does she talk to and where does she go in her mind? Well, the place she goes is in a bar and she talks to different versions of herself and those different versions of herself are in argument with her real self. One of her other selves tempts her to start drinking again. But in the first two episodes, 
her character is strong enough to fight the temptation of drinking again. Will she give in eventually? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Rosie Perez, who was in the first season, is back in the second as well. Is she deep in trouble like in the first season? We'll have to wait and see. Now, I found out that Sharon Stone makes an appearance as Casey's mother. And this is later on during the series, which I'm actually looking forward to, as I think she would bring more to the series. What I also like is that in the first season, it ended without a cliffhanger. It's like reading a book from cover to cover, and when you're done, hey, you can put it on the shelf or give it away. The second season is like reading a second story with the same main characters. It's like reading an Agatha Christie book with Hercule Perrault or an Ian Fleming's book with James Bond in it, where the main characters are back in a totally different story, but with a central plot. Well, in this case, the flight attendant, it's murder. We're all fascinated with a whodunit as our minds are made to solve things. And that's another thing that makes this show intriguing. Because we, you know, we want to solve it. Now, so far, I've only talked about the good things about the series. It's time for me to tell you what I don't like about it. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. So here's what I don't like about The Flight Attendant. It paints a bad picture of stewardesses. They are all not drunks, nor do they sleep around with handsome passengers who are strangers. They do party, yes, but again, not all of them do. And yes, they are fun-loving people who are courteous and kind because of the training that they go through, and I'm talking mostly for the Asian airlines. I also couldn't help but feel that this show portrays the stewards, you know, the guys, as little in a feminine way, which I think is stereotyping. The other thing I did not like about the series is the special effects. Let's say they didn't put enough money into it. Because there's an explosion and it looked very fake. The fire looked fake and very superimposed. Another thing I didn't like about the series is Casey arguing with the different versions of herself. The special effects for this was good, but the dialogue with herself can be a little irritating. At least I found it irritating. Well, those are my pet peeve about the series. Now, I'd like to sandwich the negative with some positives about The Flight Attendant. The locations in the series are very nice, especially during uh, these times when uh, travel to exotic countries are not as common as before the pandemic, right? Uh, the set decoration is great. Casey's house uh, looks like an IKEA showroom. The furniture, the paint job, everything looks so good. Last but not least, the soundtrack is great. There's quite a bit of percussion, and the opening title sequence is animated, which makes it look like an Alfred Hitchcock series. You know, a jazz pianist friend of mine told me that the piano is a percussion instrument. I always thought it was a string instrument, and I think what he told me makes sense. This is what he said. Because you're banging away on keys which strike high-strung strings in the piano. So when you're hitting something, even with your fingers, you know, like a tabla, it should be considered a percussion instrument. So just imagine the pianist banging away on the keyboard accompanied by drums and percussion all around. 
Money FM 89.3. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. Joe Hill is an American writer. He writes fantasy stories and more. He teamed up with Gabriel Rodriguez, a Chilean artist who has a degree in architecture. And the two of them came up with a comic fantasy series, Lock and Key. And the lock is spelled L-O-C-K-E. It's the last name of the characters in the series. Now, this comic book series was made into a TV series on Netflix. Now, there are some hits and misses on Netflix uh, because not all the TV series are engaging or entertaining. But this one, fortunately, is pretty good. Maybe I like it because I like the fantasy and magic genre. But this show has another genre attached to it, which is horror. Although it centers around teens and preteens, it's not your typical high school show. This one has a Harry Potter slash Narnia feel to it because of the magic and a haunted house feel to it because of the big house and the whispers in the house and a Stranger Things feel to it because of a demon. Now, there are many keys hidden in the house and the keys have different powers. One key can take you to any place you want to go and imagine. It's like tapping your red shoes and making a wish. Another key takes you through any mirror. Now, I really like the mirror special effects when the characters go through the mirror. You can really feel the glass crack and split. It's so well done. They really spent a lot of money on the visual effects, unlike the flight attendant, which I spoke earlier during this episode of Movie Magic. The series makes references to other movies and TV series and, you know, pop culture, which is in the script. So listen out for that. It's subtle, but it's there. Now, one good example is when uh, the paintings in the house have names of people from the TV series Friends. So yes, it has humor in it too. It's well cast and everyone plays their role really well. It has all the elements of good storytelling. It has emotional love stories, wicked schemes, the influence of bullies in school, the choice of doing what's right and wrong, the relationship with parents and children and so on. It has all these elements in it, but yet it is easy to follow. It is so intriguing that I want to binge watch because the cliffhanger tempted me to, but I stopped myself and watched just two episodes at a time. Each episode is about 40 to 50 minutes long, so you won't go over two hours watching just two episodes at a time, yes? Not binge-watching can not only keep you guessing what's going to happen next, but also make you look forward to the next episode the next day or the next week. Like I said, it's fantasy with magic and the visual effects must have had a big budget and the cinematography makes it look even better. It's so good that you might forget that you're watching a TV series, but a movie. Now, that's another reason why you should not binge watch, no matter how good it is. The series was shot in a place that I visited once, and I'll tell you all about it in just a bit. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Lock and Key was shot in a place that is so beautiful. It is beautifully shot. And the shoreline and colorful buildings looked very familiar to me. It was as if I'd been there before. 
Now, the story says it's in Massachusetts. Now, I haven't been to Massachusetts, but I don't think Massachusetts looks anything like this. So I waited for the end credits to roll to see where it was shot, and lo and behold, it was shot in Nova Scotia, Canada. Lunenburg, to be exact. Now, I visited Lunenburg when I traveled to the east coast of Canada. It's so beautiful and breathtaking. It's postcard perfect. It is a fishing village, and it is saturated with brightly painted British colonial buildings built in the 1750s. And it's about 60 kilometers from Halifax, which I have visited too as I drove from Halifax to Lunenburg. It's a charming drive, and this place is a charming place, Lunenburg, because it has a walkable town, and the people are friendly. And you know why they're friendly? Because they're Canadians. Now, this part of Canada is famous for their fish and chips and lobsters and clams. The seafood is reasonable compared to Singapore as it's readily available. Even McDonald's has lobster on their menu. The locals told me that lobster was once considered a poor man's food. And back in those days, if you brought lobster for lunch uh, to your school, university, or office, you were considered to be poor of the lower class. It's, of course, a different story now. The best place to dine is in one of the shophouse restaurants that face the waters. And you have to sit outside on the balcony and soak in the sunshine and breeze. This is a city with a town-like feel as you won't see any tall buildings, but instead you will see colorful painted houses like the multicolored Pranakan houses you see in Singapore. Google Lunenburg. It is spelled L-U-N-E-N-B-U-R-G. Nova Scotia. Make it on your bucket list of places you must visit. It has a maritime museum and the town is filled with history. Oh my, oh my, I'm turning this show into a travel show. I better stop talking about this place. So back to the TV series, Lock and Key. Although it says it's in Massachusetts, well, it's actually shot in Nova Scotia. Lunenburg, to be exact, in Canada. And one more great thing about the series is the soundtrack that goes along with it. It's mysterious and magical, and it'll make you wonder what's around the corner full orchestra, and it's just brilliant. It's a soundtrack that you must listen to if you want to start writing stories. This is Movie Magic on Money FM. I'm Colin Gomez, and have a magical day ahead. And Salamat Hari Raya. Have a nice long weekend, yeah? <laughs>